podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello folks, it's David here and I would just like to take a moment to ask you to go and check out our sponsors NordVPN. Internet security, very important. I'm sure it's something that you're concerned about as well. Me, I like to know that I'm the person in control of my data. I live on my phone and the amount of stuff I do on it from banking to documents to private messaging, I need to know is secure. We all know that there are bad people out there who will come in and uh, try and get our details and spend our money for us. NordVPN prevents that, especially if you're using public Wi-Fis or you're using Wi-Fis away from your home. If you use NordVPN, you are safe and protected. It also allows you to take short holidays to places if that's ever required. It's a brilliant product. I use it every day and highly recommend it. And you can get a tremendous offer if you go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand. That's nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand. Or use the code heart and hand to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan. You'll also get one additional month for free. Risk free with Nord. It's 30 day back money, uh, 30 day money back guarantee. So all you need to do if you don't like it is just say nope and you'll get your money back. So go and check them out. As I say, it's very important. You'll get peace of mind. Go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand. Good evening, welcome back to Heart and Hand Extra. This is your second free show of the week. I am your host, Adam Thornton. Tonight's show will look back at Rangers' incredible 4-2 victory against Borussia Dortmund away in Germany last night. Uh, we'll also look ahead to Sunday's trip to Tannadice to play Dundee United, but that will very much be second on the bill for tonight's show. Joining me for this, we have Stuart McCall. How are you doing? I'm very well, aye. Um, I didn't expect to be on talking about the result that was last night, but uh, I, I couldn't be better, to be honest. <laughs> I think everybody's the same. Uh, also joining us is James Forrest. James, how are you? Still smiling, um, even more so after you just saying that scoreline again, which just seems absolutely incredible and thoroughly, thoroughly deserved. Yeah, 4-2 feels like an old firm scoreline for us. Rangers win 4-2. It's not really one I would, uh, I would associate with being... Uh, been away in Europe, first of all, but being away in Europe to a team of, of this magnitude. But we'll dig into all of that as the show progresses. James, on our Patreon network, you, you like to do a, a catch-up with a, a fan or a fan podcast of the opposition team uh, ahead of the, the European Games. You spoke to the guys from the Yellow Wall podcast earlier this week. Can you give us a rundown of what they were saying pre-game um, and, more importantly, have any of them surfaced for a chat after the game? So they were... <sighs> in that kind of quiet, confident mode going into this game, because I think they, they recognise in terms of the historic nature of the tie, uh, two big clubs coming up against each other, but you know, with the resources that they have to hand in comparison to what we have, they were confident of a victory and felt that the first leg was going to be really important to getting that done. Uh, pretty much looked to put the game beyond us uh, and then go to Ibrox, although we just seen it out. Their form has been... You know, up and down in Germany, certainly since I last spoke to Stefan in December. Um, you know, some good wins in there, but a couple of you know disappointing results, conceding five goals at home against Bayer Leverkusen 
and getting knocked out of the German Cup by a second-tier side. So, you know, there was a bit of worry in terms of the overall form, but a real belief that they would, you know, have no issue in terms of coming through the tie. Uh, and, you know, this game being really important, I have looked through in terms of the Twitter accounts, um, that from what I'm seeing from these guys in particular, I'm not seeing a huge amount of anger in terms of this, just more disbelief, which I think is a fair way to sum up how, I guess, a lot of Borussia Dortmund fans are feeling after that. Um, disbelief at how poor their team performed, but at the same time, they did not expect uh, our team to play as well as what we have uh, you know, and what we did on, on Thursday night. So, you know, we, we will have another chat with them uh, in the build-up to the game at Ibrox, and I'll be really interested to kind of go into more depth in terms of what they felt they did wrong, uh, but more importantly, from our point of view, what they maybe felt we did right in terms of coming up against them. So no, it's it's interesting to kind of get that that perspective uh, on the game from from a kind of opposition fan point of view. Um, but yeah, they're certainly, they certainly feel quite crestfallen, I think would be a word to describe them. Do you know, that probably aligns accurately with my experience. I was lucky enough to be at the game last night and we were in a kind of mixed end, a mixed zone um, where there were some home Rangers fans. There were some Rangers fans there and there was a, a, a big section of Dortmund fans as well. And we were all kind of sitting in um next to each other. Um if you like it was quite a calm atmosphere. I did what I did worry if there was going to be a wee bit of trouble either way, but to be fair, we got talking to a few Dortmund fans behind us and they said exactly what you said. It was they were a lot less angry than I think I would be if I was um if we were losing four one to maybe a team with the equivalent finances as as Rangers had um at the point we were talking to them. But um they were kind of accepting that they're going to concede goals but I guess when you've got that firepower you always think you're going to be able to to get yourself back into games but it was apathy is not the right word for it but I think probably just disappointment rather than anger or rage which is strange for me considering this is realistically the only tournament they've got left they're out of the, the cup and they're six points behind in the league they are still second in the league but they're six points behind um I thought they'd be going all guns blazing but I just don't think we, we gave them the opportunity it's not necessarily that they were poor on the night and they were but we will come on to it but we forced them into quite a lot of the the issues that that we've seen Stuart we know it's only half time in the tie and as the players and managers said after the game the same but I think as as fans we're allowed to get excited about a result that like you said absolutely nobody's seen coming the players can focus on the next leg that's fine but we are allowed to have our moment today I think so it's an incredible result, Stuart. Everyone is currently trying to figure out quite where it ranks in terms of the, the great Rangers European results of, of the last 20 or 30 years. Obviously, Parma springs to mind, as does maybe Monaco, certainly Lyon away in 2007. Where, where does it rank for, for you in isolation, obviously with an awareness of it, it may mean less this time next week? Yeah, no, I'm totally agreeing with you in the fact that we can all embrace it and enjoy it, particularly this week after there's been a lot said this week in relation to it being the 10 year anniversary of the administration so it's going to mean I think that bit more for everybody because of that um, you look you, the, the, the games you've mentioned there you know you could argue that, that Leon were a, a stronger team 
than the Dortmund team we played last night. But this was a knockout tie. It wasn't a qualifier. It wasn't a group stage game. Um, for me, it feels right now as though it's up there as, as the one of the, of the best, um, if not the best, purely because I think we, went, we all went in when the draw was made. We all probably felt that Dortmund was going to be the toughest tie we could have got, and, and that's what that's what we got from it. It's a strange one because le- the lead-up to it, I know you and a few of the guys, David and Martin, stuff were over. Um, it didn't feel like we all went in building up to a massive game. We kind of went in with our eyes open, but not sure what to expect until it started. And then it's all about context. And you know, being 4-1 up, we were all, I think, pinching ourselves. That I mean, I'd, I'd, I'll be honest, when the third goal went in that, I didn't really jump out of my seat. I, I was sitting <laughs> in a state of shock, really. <laughs> yeah. It was weird um, that it was happening. So, I mean, right now it feels as though it's the biggest ever. I mean, people always go back to, you know, back in the 70s against PSV and, as you mentioned, Parma and um, Leon and whatnot. But right now, and I, and I know that, you know, it will stand history with time and moving forward. And a lot will depend on next week. Um, if we do turn them over and get through, then... It probably will be the best ever European result for us, but um, yeah, but at, at the moment, it, as a game in isolation, you're going to go far to beat that. Let's be honest. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know whether build-up wise, obviously it's, it's different being there, but it, it was a bit of a free hit if we're honest about it. Mm-hmm. And going to the stadium, I was excited to go to the stadium, but I kind of felt like you were going to the stadium as a fan, going to watch Dortmund in a, in a kind of weird way until we actually got in and and Rangers started. It was a uh, it was a bit strange in that sense. And I kind of put that down to maybe thinking we're not really going to get anything here, are we? At best, we'll get a draw and that'll be great. But I wasn't really putting too much too much stock into it um, in that sense. James, we know Dortmund lose uh, a lot of goals. I think that's now uh, 13 in the last five games. Um, but even so, to go there and put four past them uh, is, is incredible. I think only... Um, there's been a lot of a lot of tweets and a lot of stats flying out, but I think only Juventus have managed to score three in European competition in Germany. I think they beat them they beat them three 0 in the Champions League. No one else has got four uh, in a European competition against them. How big does this rank again for you uh, in isolation uh, as a victory? Oh, it's you know biggest one that I can remember and I think for a lot of fans even ones who will think back to the 90s and especially in 92 93 where we had some incredible results in that campaign as well but that is right up there as well especially if we can go and you know do the job next week as well Uh, I think if we were to go from here to get knocked out it would it would put a major dampener on it, of course, but still in isolation to think of where we were 10 years ago to where we are now and what we've just done, what we've just achieved. Uh, it's a real benchmark moment for us as fans to put in that level of performance and get a result like that, which is not only huge for us, but all of European football, all of world football sits up and takes notice of something as monumental as that um because no one gave us a chance no one gave us any you know, even ourselves we you know what you said was absolutely right it's a free hit it doesn't you know we've we've achieved the minimum expectation for this competition this season anything over and above that is a bonus at that point and you know it, it's huge it's a huge huge moment and 
this hasn't come off the back of luck. It hasn't come off the back of, you know, Dortmund being utterly, utterly crap. They were a lot poorer than what we expected. But, you know, they still showed some moments in the game where you saw, you know, they are there's a reason why they are second in one of the biggest leagues in European football. But we outplayed them. We outplayed them in so many moments of the game and our game plan was perfect and every single player on the field stepped up and did what we expected of them to do. Uh, everything that we want to achieve, it all came together in that performance and when that happens, you're going to get results like that. That's one of the other aspects of this that's so pleasing on top of the historical side of it but also in terms of the here and now, in terms of the type of team we've got, the way that we've reacted uh, in terms of not only this game, but in the past few games as well, we really feel like we're on the right track again. Completely agree. Let's, before we dig into the the kind of nuts and bolts of the game, I think what you said there is spot on. The rest of Europe, it's reverberated around the, the continent. That's a shot in the arm for Rangers' profile. Okay, great. We're we're now used to being in knockout stages after after Christmas. But as we've said every year, this isn't a normal thing for a Scottish team to do. We don't um, have this much success for three or four years running. Um, it doesn't happen. But this is another level for me. This is Owen Hargreaves talking about um, Ryan Kent and how good he is. You've got comparisons to Frank Ribery. You've got. Morelos, people were incredulous that he's not been able to get a minute for uh, Colombia when he was away a couple of a couple of weeks ago. Turns out we're probably quite happy with that because he's come back in an absolute huff with Colombia and um, went on fire for us. So we're probably thankful about that. But it just gets people talking about your players, which in a good way uh, and the way that we performed, it wasn't a plucky backs to the wall. Rangers scraped out a win. We got fortuitous for large parts of the game. We we dominated, um, which I thought was was pleasing to see, and that can't but help the brand, as as wanky as that sounds. It, it really can't. You'll have teams taking notice of our players because we're able to go and, and do that to Dortmund in, in their own backyard. Stuart, as I just said there, I thought Rangers were terrific. Even before the two goals in the first half, a little bit wary about proclaiming that. I was going to say just before half-time at Parkhead when it was 1-0, I think Rangers are actually starting to come into this and then thankfully I never and the two goals happened for Celtic so I was maybe less wary last night but we went 2-0 up I thought no but this has actually been good and I was thinking it before before the goals went in straight from the start I thought we were organised confident in the ball at the back we looked to play around Dortmund's attacking pressure what were your thoughts on on that opening half hour up until the, the goal? Yeah I was I think it was the same as everybody I think I was, I was pleasantly surprised at the, the start of the game and you know, I was reluctant to to say too much to any of you guys at the time because I thought maybe we're just having a start here and we're going to annoy Dortmund. Um, but no, we had that chance with Barisic where Kent played them in. But I was really impressed with our setup. Um, I thought sometimes maybe I underestimate that and forget that this is a a really well experienced Rangers team in Europe. I think last night since um, 2018, I think it was about our 56th game in Europe overall. Um, so they're really well drilled and they know what to do and um, obviously positionally before, before under Beal we were we were set up so well in Europe that's why we've got so many good results but I was impressed I remember um, I watched it back today and the first few minutes of the game and Morelos presses the goalkeeper and nobody's following it up and he, he lost the plot with I think it was Scarfield he maybe lost the plot with yep. um, 
I thought, I, I remember thinking, right, that's good because they're wanting to press Dortmund here. And I think you have to take into account, Dortmund have probably underestimated how up for it we have, we've went into this game and we were on them constantly. And I, I was really impressed again with Jack Lundstrom. I was, I was hoping they would start together and obviously they've made a real impact since coming into the team, but I wasn't sure how they would do against the quality. I mean, you, you genuinely did forget at times that you think you're quite comfortable, and then you see that Bellingham's passing to Marco Royce, and you're forgetting that the opposition you're up against. But no, that first half an hour, I thought, yes. But also, I was a wee bit frustrated, because I thought we could have imposed ourselves a wee bit more. I thought there was space for us, um, and we weren't. It's just that belief thing, really. The Rangers didn't realise how good they how good they could be. and um, but yeah, I was quite comfortable. We also got away with a free header um, for them, which was, you know, guilt edge. You'd be fuming if that was us missing that chance. Um, but no, I mean, it was quite cagey. No goalkeeper really had anything much to do, did they? It was quite, there wasn't no. much in it at that point, I thought. No, absolutely. James, we've spoken a lot over the last couple of weeks as a fan base about the difference in how Rangers are pressing the opposition. Um, higher up the pitch. I don't quite think the pressure that we put on Dortmund was as intense as maybe against Hearts or Hibs. It wouldn't be. We're playing at home in those games. We're against an opposition we expect to beat, etc. So I, I was pleased that we, we got the balance right on it. It was probably more intelligent, I would say. We closed the gaps well. We positioned ourselves. Kent and, and our field positioned themselves so that they blocked the passes into the fullbacks, but also into the midfielders as well. We closed those gaps. We identified their weaknesses on the ball at centre-back. Um, and I lose count at the amount of times we actually won the ball back. A couple of goals were directly because of that that we'll come on to. Um, it was just a really impressive showing in that first half hour, both both on and off the ball. It was really encouraging, wasn't it? Because you you have that fear of, in a game like this, when you go into it, where you, where you want to say, don't lose an early goal. Um, you know, that Barisic chance, you almost think, oh, that's unbelievable. We have that great chance early on. Uh, and then... You know, they really should have scored that header. Uh, Zagadou absolutely fluffs it um, because he's got all the space in the penalty box that you can want to get himself up for that. Uh, and he doesn't do it. And I think they had another chance where it kind of went across the face of goal uh, as well. That was kind of the other big opportunity that he had uh, prior to prior to the score. But yeah, it was, you know, we were seeing so much again of what we have enjoyed about Geo's team the last few games, where there was still that element of looking to close things down. The midfield looks a lot more assured, and I think that allows a lot of the players who are further forward to feel that they can close down quicker because there is an assurance that we have enough cover in the centre. I think the midfield is vital to how we've really turned things around in terms of our overall performance, which has led to the results that we've had. Um, But... I think what Stu is, is right as well. Uh, as happy as we would be with that first half hour in terms of, you know, we're, we're in this and we're certainly doing ourselves justice. At the same time, we probably felt, you know, we could probably do a bit more in an attacking sense because we only had that one real opportunity up to then and we're playing well enough to perhaps get more and, you know, maybe hoping that, you know, can we create maybe a few more chances because it could well be that the game could be there for the taking if so. Stuart, we we got that goal with the benefit of our. Um, I don't think anybody noticed it. Certainly, no one in the stadium um, was claiming. I think watching some replays back, Barisic maybe puts a half-hearted hand up. 
Um, but fair play to the officials for, for seeing it and making the call. And the goalkeeper goes early. I think Tavernier must have breathed a sigh of relief. I think he just goes a split second before and Tavernier's able to just kind of slot it on the other side. But what was the what was the thoughts back home or in t- on TV, etc.? Did anybody that you've spoken to see that as a penalty? Or I was confused when he pulled it back. I actually thought it might have been a red, a red card or something off the ball that I'd missed. No, there was no, there was no shot. I didn't even think about it. There was nothing. There was nothing in any group chats we're in or anything like that talking about it. No players. I looked at the players as well today, watching it back, and yeah, there was the half-hearted thing from Barisic, but that that was it. Um, and and the Dortmund player didn't even do that thing where he looked at the ref or anything just to see if he's got away with it or not. And play just went on, but it's the thing with VAR. You you know the minute something's highlighted that. Nine times out of ten, you're going to get something, aren't you? Um, it can go against you, but we've been quite fortunate in a way. If you think back to the the game earlier on this season, um, at Ibrox when we got the, I think it was the second goal, um, and it got given for us. So, no, it was. Um, I didn't really. I actually fancied Tavernier as well. That's the thing. It's I, I'm I'm always on edge with him, but I think he had that penalty against Hibs last week, and he was confident and. Um, huge pressure on, but I mean, because we had to, that that could have deflated us just before half time. And um, but it was a really good penalty. We played him. Um, I was interested to see that he said after the game that he decides the, the day before a game where he's going to put it. I mean, me being the type of warrior I am, I'm, I'd, I'd be thinking about it up until the minute I'm taking the kick. To be honest with you, but, um, same. We played him for if he if he if he sticks to his guns. Yeah, we have. I was going to say we've had the benefit of VAR, but that's not true. VAR has done its job for us. Like you're, you're right. Yeah. Roof against Roof against Bronby, and then the the two uh, in this game, which is which is all you really ask for. James, what I liked about this was we got that goal. Fair enough. We're thinking, oh, that's great, but it wasn't like us celebrating that. Oh, we've scored a goal. Fantastic. We were well on top after that. Uh, this period of time, this five minutes or so, uh, it was great to see us going for the kill, applying that pressure to try and get the second, which. Which Julie came. Um, I think Morelos had a had a shot, which the goalkeeper kind of palmed out uh, for a corner. Uh, and then we seen that well worked corner set play. Five of them, I think we've had maybe five or six. Certainly, people will, will know it. Um, the goal against Callum McGregor's own goal in the Old Firm game, and then Morelos's goal at Parkhead. Um, both similar. Tavernier plays the ball to the near post. Aribo drags the defence with him, gets a flick on, which he does every time. Um, and I do think the ball is sneaking in at the back post, but Morelos is absolutely never going to let that one go without making sure. He smashes it home from about half a yard out, uh, and it's 2-0. But it's a great goal to score, and it's brilliant that we've got that in our uh, kind of attacking uh, attacking armory, if you like. But it's interesting that that set play, that set play has kind of transcended both managers. It probably speaks to that evolution piece from Gerard to Gio, rather than we're going to rip it all up and, and start again. So it's good he's recognising... Gio's recognising things that have worked with this bunch of players and is not just saying, I'm going to change that for the sake of it. We hardly think about Joe Rebo as someone who is uh, a threat in the penalty area. Not at all. No. That's not the style of midfielder that we associate him with being, but it's absolutely something that he has done before and will continue to do. I think that's just one of those, one of the wee assets that he has uh, as a player to be able to do that and do that consistently because it's always because he never he never tries to leather the ball it's always just a deft touch on it because he trusts the delivery that comes in because Tavernier's corners and 
situations like that are always so consistent. So there is that level of trust. And if that's a move that you've got there, then absolutely use it because that's so hard to defend against. And I think you're right, it is going in. Uh, but Morelos is 100% correct to do that because A, he's a striker and B, the ball is safer where it is at the end of the day. Um, but I think the point you make about, you know, we don't just sit in and think, great, we've got a goal, let's just see it at half time. No, we're not. I think this is the thing we're learning, and I think we see that more in the second half. We're not a team that does, you know, sitting in and trying to hang in for, you know, having one goal. We don't do that well. We are far better on the front foot, and you're so encouraging that that seems to be something that we absolutely know now, and evidence right there. Morelos getting the shot away two minutes after we go ahead. We want that second. We get that second, and it's it's so good to get the goals when we do, when it's just before half time, because Dortmund don't know what to do with themselves at the break. What on earth is going on here? I think we see that with how they react at half time, making those two changes as well, because those feel to me like very reactionary moves from the Dortmund bench, because they have to do something at this point, because uh, the game is getting away from them. That's because we were putting the foot on the throat. We were doing exactly the right thing and the 2-0 lead at halftime for the way that we were playing and you know the pressure that we're putting on a team that it would have not surprised us if we were going to sit, sit in a bit more against them, but we thoroughly, thoroughly deserved that halftime advantage. We did. Um, Gio said something really interesting after the game, Stuart. He said that when 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 we seen the Dortmund team, we knew Rangers would be able to control the game. I'm not sure if there was a kind of lost in translation thing in there, but I don't think it was. But I guess what he means is the, the Dortmund defence and, and the way that they were set up and the fact that they were very attacking with their, their four attackers. But in saying all of that, that's quite a confident approach to take into a game of this magnitude, isn't it? We know we're going to go and be able to impart or we didn't dominate the ball in terms of possession but we dominated it in key areas of the pitch but to be able to go and recognise that and then implement that game plan um, is, is really impressive and it absolutely paid off. Yeah, I was intrigued by that comment. I didn't know if he, if he meant literally because Haaland wasn't playing that we were going to be able to get some control but no, um, fair play because it would have been easy to just go in and I don't think anybody would have criticised him last night for We've also questioned his approach to certain games so far in the last month or so. Um, I don't think anybody would have criticised him last night for going there. And we all said, we, leaving the game, if we're still in the tie for next week, then ideal. Um, so, yeah, but the fact that they went out and maybe looked at the team and their set-up and thought, no, we, 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 we've got belief in ourselves and we can go at, go at them here because it was also an awkward time for him to come into the job and... We were losing goals left, right and centre when he did. So I think he's also showed up at the start, had to get results really quickly because of the fixtures we had at the time. And then also it's kind of levelled out a wee bit. But I think now he's just getting to know his team and he's getting to know what suits us. And most importantly, he's getting his best players back. You know, Jack and Morelos, who weren't available for him, um, have just two international players have just come into his squad and he's been able to utilise them and build the team based around them being available. And I, I was pleasantly surprised that we went last night. It wasn't like, we'll, talk, we'll touch on um, how I've reacted to Parkhead later, but you look back on that team that night and it was Kamara, Arfield and Aribo in midfield. I mean, it looks nice on paper, but it's so unbalanced when you've got Diallo and Kent either side. And 
last night just seemed a lot more compact. Um, but also we had that threat on the counter to go for them as well. So no, I'm I'm delighted that he's kind of figuring out who his players are and who can trust and what he can go and take the team, take the game if teams of that calibre. Getting the players back is something that I've been banging on about all season. We've had so many injuries and suspensions and COVIDs and internationals and things that it can hurt the rhythm of a team. It was a bit of a um, freak last season in the sense that we, we had some injuries, but nothing that really destabilised us a, a, a huge amount. Um, but maybe it is as simple as that. Hellander coming back, Balligan came back in and was crucial in my mind to how we played against Hearts and Hibs. Morelos and Jack are there. You've got Ramsey coming in as an extra pair of hands. Lundstrom coming back in from the cold. Um, Sands even to, to take the pressure off. All these things, I think, can kind of come together and, and be a benefit. And we can see absolutely. So maybe it's a, it's a combination of both. And in the second half, uh, and, and Dortmund made a couple of changes, James. Um, but more and more gaps were appearing in their back line. Obviously, they're trying to get themselves, get themselves back into the game. And again... Just before half time, just after half time, perfect times to score. And this was an absolutely outstanding goal. Ryan Kent wins the ball back again for about the millionth time uh, and motors towards goal. Does his 50th step over to the game, jinks his way through half the defence, uh, picks out Lindstrom, who is in absolutely acres of space, sweeps the ball home into the bottom corner with his weaker left foot. And James Rangers are 3 0 up against Dortmund uh, with not even 50 minutes gone. It's amazing, and it's exactly that where you know it would. I think a lot of us were thinking, you know, I really hope we don't just sit in the whole second half and try and hang on to this two goal lead. Um, you know, let's let's go and let's really try and get this game done here and now. And it feels quite unbelievable to go into the second half thinking that in a positive sense for us. But I think we all genuinely felt that given what we saw in the first half, and it's superb from Ryan Kent. He looked like he would be one of the best players in the Bundesliga if he was playing against that type of defence um, because they don't know what to do. They don't know how to handle him. He does so well to get us into that position, plays the ball. It's an ideal ball. Lundstrom, as you say, edge of the box. You feel really confident with John Lundstrom, especially at the moment, to hit a shot at the edge of the area. We don't have many players that feel confident in doing that but he's definitely one of them and it's a smart finish as well just beyond the goalkeeper no chance with that uh it's absolutely superb and i just you that's the moment where you kind of think this feels like a dream it is a dream it's it's an incredible moment what you're watching there wherever you're watching it it's it's a sensational to see and you were talking there adam about guys who are kind of coming back and coming into form and whatnot. Ryan Kent is huge for that, I think, because ever since he's been with us, certainly on a permanent basis, it's felt like he's so important to be that creative catalyst. And we haven't really seen an awful lot of that from him this season. Injury has played a part in that, but even when he came back, we weren't getting an awful lot of numbers in terms of goals and assists from him overall. But the last few games that he's played, he does feel a lot more pivotal to what we want to do now. And I don't know where where that's come from in terms of how, you know, whether it's just been a 
private words with from Geo or just a different approach from the coaching staff in terms of this is what we want you to do but he looks like he's thriving in terms of the way that we're playing now um, and he deserves just as much credit for the third goal as Lundstrom does for the finish because he was superb with that as he was for the whole game I thought. Yeah, he was fantastic. I thought he got a bit of a bit too much stick after Parkhead, if I'm honest. I didn't see him being anywhere close to the issue. Um a few people said to me, Oh, it's the it's the transfer fee. I think people people um expect based on the transfer fee. If we're going to grade players based on transfer fees, there should be a statue of James Tavernier outside the, the stadium. So it can't work both ways um on that one. But I thought Kent unreal, uh, and he has been um really, really showing that that dynamism. Um, for the last couple of weeks. Stuart, just on, on Lindstrom, I cannot get a handle on him at all. I've never known a, a Rangers career that's had so many swings in such a short space of time. He's had two massive downs and two decent ups so far in about six months. He came in and we thought he was going to be a kind of Scott Arfield type player. That didn't really work out. Then he went out the team for a bit and he came back as a kind of Stephen Davis type number six and that didn't work out. And now he's back as probably a kind of Scott Arfield type player again he looks a lot more at home in a partnership with Ryan Jack it's probably Ryan Jack bringing out the best in him to be honest I thought both were outstanding Jack was for me um, a level above even Lundstrom who I thought was great but that partnership if you want to call it that they're not playing as defensive midfielders they're not playing as um, attacking midfielders it's a kind of box to box hybrid defensive midfielder thing they can cover attack they can cover defence both of them are just everywhere snuffing out danger and, and getting the ball forward. I thought they were, in particular, Stuart, fantastic. You have to give both of them credit. Jack for being out for so long and delivering the type of performances that he is and Lundstrom for just coming back again, taking hits and just coming back into the team time after time. Look, in terms of Lundstrom, I totally agree with you. It has been it feels like he's been here for about five years with the amount of ups and downs he's had, but I think, he's, I think he suffered because... He came in in a free. There was a lot of sort of chat about the fact that he was on a higher wage, and there was a chat that he was deciding his options before he eventually signed for us. Which you can't really hold that against somebody. They're, they're a human being. They're going to decide the options. He's he picked to come to us. I think what went against him is the fact that in early pre-season at the start of the season we weren't in good form, and the manager at the time had a few issues in the sense that if you remember, Kamara was suspended for the qualifiers. Davis, I don't think, was 100% fit at the start of the season. Arfield certainly wasn't fit at the start of the season. So you've got this guy who's been thrown into a new team um, with a lot of pressure on his shoulders, particularly with the fact that we had the qualifiers at the start of the season. Um, and the team at that point was pretty disjointed. And he was getting a lot of the stick. Now, look, he did have bad performances that night. He got sent off against Alishkar. It, 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 was, it was awful. And he just looked completely out of place and he couldn't get his uh, fit into the team he then did as you mentioned he did come in I remember I think it was Hibs and Hearts at home and he was he was really really good in the games and then he had a, a, a disaster at St Mirren at the start of the game he's lost the ball they've scored out of nowhere and, and it seemed like it, it was just not going to work out the new manager came in and I mean goodness you remember he got taken off at half time against Dundee United um, and we went up to Tanit, uh, up to Pataudry sorry and, and James Sands came in for his debut when sort of Jack and Davis and Aribo were all out. I mean, we all thought he was he was gone, to be honest with you. We thought he was going to go out on loan, but look, with no the first Rangers player, 
you see come in and really struggle at the start. You look at Mark Hately, you look at Fernando Rickson, they really struggled at the start, but they came back and for me that says a lot about a character and make it at Rangers because when fans decide that it's not going to work out for you, it's very difficult to come back. But you're already seen from his performances that he's got something about him and it's it's crazy to think that getting into a game now that he, he would be one of the first um, names down in the team sheet because he covered every blade of grass last night. He was throwing himself into tackles, but he was also showing real calmness on the ball. His positional sense off the ball was brilliant. We're getting here that he's up against a really top quality midfield. Um, and yeah, listen, I'm, I'm a fan. I, I really, really like how he goes about things. And you mentioned about Ryan Jack. And I think it's just out of um, the way it's, it's happened. It's, you know, it's not by design, but we've not been able to rely on Ryan Jack. And it's been a shame because his injuries, we've, we all like him. We all know he's a good player. But the way he's come back into that team and slotted in, I mean, a lot of players after an injury take a long time to get back into the swing of things. He's come back in there and looked like he's not missed a beat. He actually looks better than he did before. And he does look like an international midfielder. You know, you look at Scotland and you've got, you know, John McGinn and Billy Gilmore and Callum McGregor, all these players. And he'll, he will play for Scotland because he's that reliable. He's off the ball work. He's reading of the game is incredible. Um, and he just makes us tick. That's it. There's, there's a reason that Michael Beale and Steven Gerrard liked him as a player. Um, and yeah, they two together have just formed a partnership to the point now where we've got Stephen Davis, Glenn Kamara and Aaron Ramsey, three international midfielders, all on the bench. And I think everybody would put Jack Lundstrom in if they had to at this point in time. So fair play to the both of them. And if they can together, let's stay together in the team between now and the end of the season, I'm very confident that we will end up with them too. Yeah, James, Jack, is, is it maybe the type of player he is? He's probably quite similar to Arfield and Lundstrom in that sense that he, he'll go the extra mile. You imagine him being, he would play with an injury. Is it maybe that this injury that we've we've thought he's had to have been managing, I think that was what, what Gerard said, don't know how long ago that was, a year ago, maybe 18 months ago, he had to manage an injury. Is it maybe that that's been having an actual impact on him that he's he's been able to he's not been able to play at full capacity and now they've got to the root of whatever the problem was and they've kind of freed him up. They've took a long time to get him back. But is it maybe that he's now seen mobility uh, and confidence in terms of how he's how he's playing, passes he can make, runs that he, he can make that he maybe wouldn't physically have been able to before? Because as Stuart says, he's he's back to that um that form kind of autumn twenty nineteen. Um, where he was, he was the best midfielder that we had, um, and he, he hasn't had a big run since then. So maybe something like that. He's he's come back completely refreshed and all over his injury issues, and we're starting to see him really blossoming. Whatever it is, it's worked wonders for our midfield because we look like a much much better team with him in it. Uh, because there's there's a leadership that he brings to that. He wants. To get the ball, he wants to set things going. He want he's not afraid. You know, you you have no fear with Ryan Jack that he will go and do everything in terms of the effort that he puts in to help us in the game. Like he's he's I think that one of the perfect players that you can put the phrase to in terms of hard work beating talent, but he's still very talented as well within that. So he's he he offers such a a perfect 
your package for that specific role. And I think having someone like Lundstrom in there who will, I think, I think naturally works better in terms of sitting that bit deeper and being sort of, yeah, I remember in the second half, he put an attacker on Bellingham, which was just the perfect timed, perfect hard-hitting tackle um, credit the Bellingham because he just got up and got on with it. You you see from other players, you know, rolling about on the floor and whatnot, but he just gets on with it. Um, but it's because there's no way that a ref is going to buy the fact that he's he's been injured by a late challenge because it's perfectly done. But having Lundstrom there then means that Ryan Jack isn't having to just be the, the holding midfielder because he's done that role in the past. And when he's done that, you say, yeah, he can, he can do that job. But I feel like we're missing that bit of something in terms of him being able to get a bit further forward as well and influence things a little bit further up the park because when he's done that you're right you're talking about that type of player uh, that he was in you know the, the season that ended early I think he was our best player that season from, for a lot of people's eyes um, so he's, he's been huge he's been huge in terms of us doing this and it's if he's going to stay fit now for the foreseeable that's absolutely massive for our chances because I think now in our minds, so many of us have this idea of what our starting 11 now is. And I would not change the Jack and Lundstrom partnership unless we had to. There is no reason to mix things up because it works and it allows other players to flourish as well. It makes total, total sense. Yeah, it's a strange thing. Uh, it goes against everything I would I would think. Um, most people would would probably say that a midfield three of Kamara, Arfield, and Aribo that that we had uh, a couple of weeks ago would would actually stand to reason as being able to break teams down a little bit better than than say a Lundstrom, um, Jack, and Aribo combination. But it's less about the players and where they play and and more about how they get after teams and punish them and hunt them down and force them to make mistakes. It's that off the ball thing, particularly, I think at the top levels in Europe, is is crucial. Probably more crucial than on the ball, especially when you're a team like Rangers. Obviously, you want to get your big players into the game, uh, and we did that. But that off the ball, putting in the hard yards, that maybe um, a Kamara or an Aribo playing a little bit deeper, it's maybe not their their skill set. Having Lundstrom and Jack in there is is terrific. Um, and yeah, it wouldn't be me saying let's go to go to Tannadice or let's go to wherever and play two sitting midfielders but as I said they're not playing like that they're playing everywhere so yeah I'm, I'm with you guys I think they, they need to be the, the starting pair uh, if you like from from now I don't want to be too critical so I'll kind of brush over this very quickly Stuart but do we think we'll regret that second goal that we conceded um, I actually thought if I was being a wee bit harsh that the subs could have happened a few minutes um, or the sub could have happened a few minutes before that goal there were a few tired challenges going in uh, at that point, when when the goal was scored, what's your what's your thoughts on it? Four one would have been out of this world. Four two is still great, but um, do we think we're going to regret that one? I know, yeah, you you flipped through this game from what what you should be thinking to what you were thinking, weren't you? You just didn't. I mean, being four one up and <laughs> was just out with it. But you had to you had to then change your mind and say, well, this is unbelievable. This is where we are, but we've still got a second leg. Of course, losing that second goal. Was a little bit deflating because you know that Alan is going to be back next week, no doubt. Um, look, which is fine, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But um, once the final whistle went, and you think we've got a two goal lead, um, because I know that if it went to 4 3 and they were pushing us for the last few minutes, 
that would have felt like a right sore one. Um, but yeah, look, 4-2, we've, we've, we've got to take that, let's be honest. We've, if Haaland was going to play anyway, that wouldn't make a difference, do you know what I mean? Like, if they'd won 1-0 and he played, but um, we'll just take it. And I'm confident that we'll, I know we'll get touched on United, but I'm, I'm confident we'll score anyway next week um, to get, so I think it'll be enough. Um, but no, we're, we, we can't be overcritical. You, you, we forget we're, we weren't playing Ross County. You know what I mean? Well, due respect, it was a it was a wonderful strike. The goalkeeper had no chance. We have to, we just have to move on. And I'm glad that the players just sorted themselves out. And we didn't lose another one after that. Definitely, I think that was the that was the key thing, especially when it was still so late, so early in the game. There was a lot of uh, a lot of goals packed into what was that the first hour or, or so. Yeah. Um, James, that. That change that we mentioned um, did come a um, few minutes. Sorry, the, the change came 66 minutes, um, which was interesting, I thought. Uh, it was obviously before this, the second goal, but it was an interesting one with Sands coming on. I think I just assumed that he would um, he would slot into midfield and we'd go with kind of three midfielders as a block. Um, but fair play to Gio. We went with the three at the back with Sands playing his right centre-back next to, next to Goldson. Um, Bassi on the other side uh, and Tavernier's right wing back. I thought at that stage this just totally took the stung out of, took the sting I should say out of any impetus Dortmund might have had. Um, what was your what was your thoughts on that? It was quite brave to do that mid game and in, in a game like this. I thought it was, um, but we've got the players to be able to execute something like that, which. Is, is good because if you think about it, the way that that game was, there could have been there could have been a load more goals, but it's good management at that point just to, as as you say, really prevent Dortmund from feeling like they can put in as many attacks at, at, at that point, and they needed to really try and put a lot more pressure on us. But having someone like Sands in there who you know what he's going to do, I think is good at that job and can play in a number of different roles to do that um, it is brave because we don't when we're not used to that as well because for, for so many years when we've been watching Rangers it's been the same shape the same setup for the full 90 minutes if we're going to make changes it's going to be someone slotting into the same position that the person is coming off is um, but you know that shows the faith that Geo has in the squad that we can make that change. It's something we've clearly worked on. Uh, it's something we'll no doubt see in the future when required. Uh, but it didn't. It didn't mean that we stopped looking a threat because we had a couple of very promising counter attacks in that time as well. But that was how we then changed their attack uh, for the rest of the game because we had more guys to sit in there and prevent you know Dortmund getting a few goals back. Yeah, the, if they're going to have to score. It's going to have to be a really good goal, and the second goal that he scored, it was a, a well-hit shot, but it had to be from distance. So there was no way that they were going to get close shots in the box uh, from us because we just closed that off. It was really, really clever, really, really good thinking. Um, it's proper management there, actually. Definitely, and then I think obviously Ramsey and Kamara coming on um, five minutes to go, well, ten minutes when you count stoppage time again, took the stung out of it. I thought. Ramsey showed a couple of couple of really nice touches. Um, be keen for him to be getting a start, uh, hopefully Sunday. But we'll come on to that uh, in a few minutes. Just to wrap up on Dortmund, then, like I said, I was lucky enough to be at the game. Watching Rangers dominate a team like Borussia Dortmund for large parts of the game was one of the most surreal experiences I've ever had. When that third goal went in, just uh, wasn't even like you mentioned. It wasn't even about 
going nuts and cheering. It was just, I can't actually believe this is happening. Um, but above all, Stuart, the manner of the victory, how we went about our business is great, but it, it does look like this defeat at Parkhead has maybe brought a few things to a head in terms of teething problems with playing styles and and the change in how we want to attack teams. The shift in aggression and intensity pretty much since that game has has been huge, and to take it into this game, as we've said throughout, is, is just incredible. Yeah, and I, I think credit to them because, you know, after the winter break, and I know that this team has struggled a bit after the winter break. It was no, um, in going to Aberdeen and then going up to Ross County. The players looked like they were going through the motions at times, and it was it, it bit them. None more so than that night at Parkhead, where, but I don't like to use the word scared, but they they didn't they didn't look like they wanted to be there that night. Um, and we all said it was all about the reaction to that. But you know, I said that, and I, I didn't think we were going to get a reaction. I'll be honest, I was I was a bit. I was wondering how, because I was unsure of Gio at that point, I'm going to be honest, because I wasn't sure how he was either controlling the dressing room, if he knew his best team, or if he'd be able to get a reaction out of them. Um, but by goodness, I mean, they've they've came out fighting because the performances have been so much better. Um, you know, they, it, they just look like they're getting things done now. They, they, they finished the game off against Hearts um, and went and scored a number of goals. They did what they had to do against Hibs and they made sure the game was won. Even at Annan, they went and won the game early. That was it. And last night, they've taken the game to Dortmund. It's a completely different approach. And and yeah, I know it's, I know it's a cliche about you learn more from a defeat, but um, the team looked like they have. Um, and, and most importantly, the manager has, as I mentioned earlier on, he's, he's now looks like he's got a settled team that he likes. And I know we're going to need to make changes here and there, but that's all we can ask is that they've come out and they've They've gave us a reaction. Um, just got to carry on. That's all they can do. Um, but not. It certainly feels like we're more in control of what we're doing. But then, then even before the the winter break, we, we we were winning games, but there was still something a bit lacking. Um, and yeah, they've they've been fantastic since that Celtic game. Fair play to them. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, James, on to the next game. As we know. Uh, the next game is, is always the most important one uh, at Rangers. We have Dundee United on Sunday at Tannadice. Interesting one, this. They can be a bit stuffy. They don't score a lot of goals. Um, and there's the dynamic of us playing earlier. Um, we have the opportunity to go top of the table before the Celtic game later in the day. Um, how do you see this one going? Um, it's been quite a week when you think Annan, Dortmund and then Dundee United. It's three very, very different challenges. It is, but I feel very confident in the team going to going to Dundee and doing the same job again, because I think there's been a consistency of performance, which you know, I, I, unless unless we make wholesale changes, which I don't see as necessarily doing, I think there'll be a couple of changes that we'll make to the team, but I think there'll be a lot of players that will again play, and you know the the squad feels in a very very different and much better place now than what it did the last time we went to Tannadice. If you think about where we were then and what we're doing now, because I think we all know what we're looking to achieve in terms of our style of play in order to get the result. And yeah, I'm I'm feeling very confident about the game. Uh, in in terms of doing what we need to do to just get the win. You know, wh- whether we win by thumping them or, or not, it's yeah, that's for me that's irrelevant. I think we'll be more than capable of getting 
the win based on what we've what we've seen of late from us. So yeah, um, looking forward to it. going to the game. It'll be my first time going to Tanadai. So uh, my my away record of games is still 100% thinking about it. So um, we've got that going for us as well. Absolutely, that was my first first away win um, in Europe last night out of six or seven attempts, so I'm pretty pleased that monkey's off my back as well. Stuart, we'll move on to your favourite topic. Lots of players available now uh, and so many options within the, the squad. What do we think we'll see in terms of, of changes for this game? Obviously a huge amount of energy expended last night. I mean, touching on what James said there, I don't think it'll be wholesale. Um, I think this Rangers team performs better see the Thursday, Thursday to Sunday thing yeah. I think they're better that way I don't think long weeks or the winter break helps them um, look if Jack is able to play three games in a week then that's fair enough I'd, I'd keep him in the team I'd keep him and lunch them together I think because Holander's not able to play in the next week next Thursday night I'd, I'd bring Holander in beside Goldson by Bourne and Tav I'd have a midfield three probably a Jack Lundstrom and Aaron Ramsey because I think we do need to get him up to speed. I thought he made a good contribution last night, but you know we've brought this guy in for a reason, so I think he really needs to come in. Um, and then him and Aribo, um, so Ken and Morelos. So I'd, I'd go as strong as possible, in all honesty. And I think this will be the strongest squad we've had all season. If you look at you know Davis, Kamara, Arfield, Ruth, Sakala, um, Diallo on the bench, possibly. Um, this is as strong as we've possibly been consider for the whole season, which is quite something that we're nearly at the end of February. So um yeah, I'm confident that we'll do that. I wouldn't I wouldn't because you don't want to break up the, the rhythm of the team and they'll be on a high. Um we know it's going to be a tough game and we didn't play well up there at all in August. Um it was one of our worst performances of the season actually. So and then they gave us a difficult game at Ibrooks as well. So yeah, as strong as I don't I don't like when you start mixing and matching based on European games and try to Best players for this. Just, just go where we go and, and take it for there, and we'll see where we end up. James, anything different for for you in terms of players that you'd like to see coming in? We've got a lot in reserve: Davis, Kamara, Diallo, Kent, Roof. Anything else for you? Yeah, I, I think a lot of what Stuart said. In fact, all of what Stuart's saying is absolutely right for me. Um, if you wanted to give Jack that rest, I think you could put Kamara in that role, and I think he would do fine. Uh, if you wanted to bring Ramsey in for a start, this feels like the kind of game where that would work. And if he plays that Aribo role, uh, I think that makes the most sense. I would be a bit hesitant at playing Aribo in the right wing role because it's not really his best. That's not where you get the best out of him. But we seem to be using that role a bit differently in terms of what we see from our field. So it could work, uh, I suppose. Whether you bring in Diallo as well for that game, I don't know. But we're in a good position in terms of we've got good questions rather than bad questions to ask about what, what players to bring in. So there's a few different combinations you could go with, but you know any of them I think would be I'd be comfortable with. And lastly, we'll finish off with a quick B-team update, James. A really poor result at the weekend as they lost 2-0 at home to East Stirlingshire. Yeah, not the best of results, especially when you look at the league table. That's not you're not coming up against one of the better teams in that league. So you know the, the players will be disappointed with that. Um, they'll want to react to that. Well, obviously, uh, the game on Saturday against Gretna. We're recording this at uh, just after five on on Friday. Uh, given the weather uh, that a lot of people are aware of, the chances of that game happening. I'm not holding out much hope, but I'll certainly be 
travelling down to that one on the Saturday uh, in the hopes of seeing a game and the hopes of seeing the young guys uh, react well because much like what we've seen from the first team, it's about how you react to poor performances and results that really makes a side. Absolutely. Fingers crossed it's on and they get to bounce back with a with a win. Okay, that will do us for tonight. Stuart, thank you for joining me. Pleasure, mate. And James, thank you for joining me again. Thanks ever so much, Adam. Thank you. And thanks to you all for listening. It really has been such a pleasant experience reading through Twitter on the way back last night. Uh, and today it's it's made my sore head a bit more bearable. So thank you all for that. There is literally nothing better than a, a massive Rangers win. It just makes everything seem that bit nicer. Hope everyone who's struggling to get back due to the storms gets back in one piece. And we'll hopefully see some of you at Tanadice. Have a great weekend. And David will be back on Monday with the flagship. Thank you. If you check out Rangers Pools, you can try their free-to-enter weekly giveaways. For this week's competition, all you have to do is predict the time of the first goal in our game against Dundee United this Sunday. If you get the correct time, you could be in to win £100. Go visit www.rangerspools.com and click on the banner on the homepage to enter. Best of luck. Podcast Network.